0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Zags On Air. I am your host, Bobby Levitan, and we are back for another semester of great entertainment and Zags sports for you guys. Now, we're doing things a little bit differently this semester. You know, in the past, I I brought on different Gonzaga athletes and coaches and talked to them about their experience and got to ask them about sort of how they got to where they were. But what we decided to do this semester is I wanted to bring in more of a panel. And I wanted, to, I wanted to make the show more discussion-based. And so with me, I have my fellow co-hosts, Max Montoya, Tiana Volrath and Gabby Mira. And we are going to talk about Gonzaga sports. It's the same thing we've always done, talk about all the Gonzaga sports. But it's going to be a lot more discussion-based. We're going to post some questions. And then we got a little nice little segment at the end to sort of wrap it all up. So... We will start with the beloved men's basketball team. Gabby, I understand you have some stuff to tell us about the men's basketball team, so go for it.
1: Yes, so last semester, the Zags men's basketball team entered another college basketball season, coming back from last season's 28-4 and record after their upset to number 4-ranked Arkansas in last season's NCAA tournament. And they entered the season with high expectations and a loaded roster after losing two of their star players, Andrew Numbard, to the Indiana Pacers, and the second overall draft pick, Chet Chet Holmgren, to the OKC Thunder. This was also Mark Few's 24th season as head coach. And when asked about how he predicted the Zags would do this season, Numbard said that he saw it as a very exciting team and a different team than they have from the past, and a lot of guys can score the ball. This season was also viewed as a season of reloading with the returning of a new big three consisting of forward Drew Timmy um, and guards Julian Strother and Razier Bolting, as well as the addition of the top transfer Malachi Smith, which was a guard from Chattanooga. Um, Timmy, 6'10 forward, who has grown into their system, is entering his fifth season with the Zags, leading the Bulldogs in scoring and earning All-American honors the past two seasons. And Strother, the 6'7 junior, is averaging 14.1 points, 8.4 rebounds, 1.3 assists, and 1.3 steals. And he has grown a lot with the Zags, from not getting a lot of minutes on the court as a freshman to now being one of their star players, as well as Bolton, who has emerged as the third key player and a reliable scoring threat. Two key reserves from last season also include senior power forward Anton Watson and sophomore guard Nolan Hickman as well as LSU transfer center Efton Reed. At the beginning of the season, Gonzaga was ranked number two behind UNC after being the number one ranking the past two seasons, um, according to the Associated Press Top 25 poll. Um, But now, unfortunately, they have fallen into the 16th place. During the non-conference, the Zags faced a total of 15 games, including seven potential NCAA tournament teams, and multiple teams from the Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, etc. And, yeah, they have a f- very impressive victories over Alabama and Xavier, but they lost to Baylor by just one point. So, going into, um, you know, this 2023 season, they will be a high seed in the tournament this March, but unfortunately, due to their current record, which is 21-5, and five, they won't be the favorite this time.
0: Um so, yeah, so, so Gabby, let me ask you, how yeah. far do you think how far do you think the Zags will make it in this year's tournament? Let's get to your prediction right now.
1: My prediction?
0: Uh um, based, based on what you've seen from the team so far, you know, obviously we've had a lot of ups and we've definitely had a lot of downs. Yeah. So I'm curious how you think the team will do when it matters the most. Um I think they'll
1: make it To the elite eight, I'm not sure how much farther yet. According just to according to their stats from this season, and the amount of losses they took compared to the prior seasons. But yeah, your prediction
0: is elite eight. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, Max Tiana. What about you guys?
2: Max, you take this one first.
3: You know, I gotta be honest with the Zags, They will only go as far as their defense is gonna carry them. Uh, we've seen some games where it's like 101 to 98, and while they're winning some of those games, they can win the barn burner. Their defense, they don't play good enough. A good team like Arkansas, like Alabama could get hot and just absolutely run us out of the gym. Um, so th- again, it depends on how far this defense is willing to carry. I think we've seen Hunter Salas evolve lately into a really good on-ball defender. Uh, Malachi Smith is a great defender. Uh, Definitely Nolan Hickman. I think those guards, depending on the matchups, they could carry us all the way to the final four, or we could get bounced around to 32. It just depends on how well the guards play. Because we know Drew Timmy's going to be solid and we know that Drew Timmy's going to get his 20 to 30 points a game and he'll match up against a Zach Eady or someone else big like that, right? And he'll play solid defense. Nothing to worry about there. But, again, it goes into the guard play of how well are the guards going to play on offense and on defense, and that will determine how far we're going to get carried. My prediction, we've been to, what, six Sweet Sixteens in a row? Six or seven. seven. It's been seven now?
0: Six or seven, I think, yeah.
3: So we're looking at either number seven or number eight, and all I have to say is whether or not we go farther than that will depend on the guard play. I'm putting down the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Tiana, what about you?
2: Yeah, I'd say – about sweet, sweet 16, if anything, Elite 8, it's just matters of, like, our effort has to be all the way there. Like, if we're not there with, like, toughness, I think that's where we can get kind of bodied and just kind of, like, lose any momentum. If we're not there 100%, like, it's it's kind of easy to get knocked out. So Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8. All
0: right, so so here's the last thing with the team, right? There have been games where we've literally looked, I think, like the best team in the nation. And then you go and you look at a game where we struggled, like Kent State, or even the LMU game, which obviously was was a heartbreaker.
1: Especially. And those
0: games, and the, yeah, and those games, you're like, this 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 is not a national championship winning team, right? So we have the extreme highs and the extreme lows, and, I, and like you guys have said, the question is when it matters the most, which Gonzaga team are we going to see? May, call, call, maybe I have false hope. Maybe I'm a little too positive. But just with the experience we have on our team, Drew Timmy knows time's running out. Julian Strother is probably leaving for the draft after this year. Rasir Bolton's a senior. He's gone after this year. They know the time is ticking, and the time to win is now. And so I think when the time comes, I think they're going to put their heads down, and I think we might go on a little bit of a run. I don't want to say championship, but I am going to go with a Final Four appearance. You heard it here first. Hot take. Hot take. Anyways, I'll, I I think so. I think so, because people have doubted us a lot this year and said this team is nowhere near as good as the teams from the last couple of years. And so I think I think if we do just as well as we did two years ago, we'll show we'll show a lot of people that Zags are here to stay.
3: Yeah, I agree with some of those other people, Bobby. I mean, I don't know if you saw we' We only scored 67 points <laughs> in the last I well, talk about the defense needing to be there. The defense was there, holding a good LMU team at 67 points, amazing. But only scoring or 68 points, and we only scored 67. As much as I always say, the defense is what's going to get us there. Defense wins championships. Your offense cannot score 67 points against an LMU team that I'm not sure the last time they made the NCAA tournament.
0: that will be interesting, man. Gabby, Tony, have any last minute thoughts? Um.
1: As- I just wanted to say, um, closing out last semester, that the team made history with 72 straight home wins, um, which is a modern NCAA Division One record, and Drew Timmy climbed up to the top four on the all-time Gonzaga career scoring list. And looking into the future, um, in terms of how deep a run um, we expect from this year's team, the postseason is just always about matchups, and like Max said, um, it's all about defense. If Gonzaga has proven anything, it's that the Bulldogs have stayed powerful, um, but they have trouble when it comes to um, more big and physical teams. And we saw that earlier this season with Purdue and their super center um, Zach. E- I don't know how to say his last name. Is, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> but
0: yeah. super center. Super center is the right way to describe him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amen to that.
1: And yeah, so that's those are my thoughts. on um, looking into the future of the season. And yeah, I have like one or two analysis questions.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Um, one is just a fun one. Um, it's what was your favorite Gonzaga matchup of the fall 2022 season slash semester?
0: I feel like it has to be Alabama. Just because I think that was the most complete game that we played so far. And being being and again Alabama is now number one in the nation, so being the now number one team and playing the way we did, I think that was a statement win. And that really gave us a lot of momentum.
2: I would probably say it was that one a while ago that we played down in San Diego. I think that was just like a fun like way to start the season and it kind of was like Yeah, Michigan State. I think that was just a fun game to watch. Like we were not our best at all, but it came down to the very end. I think that was like a good one for us to kind of like get in the right mindset.
0: And the atmosphere was great for that one too, being on the aircraft carrier. Max, what about you? Yeah. I, gotta
3: go, I gotta go BYU, at BYU a couple weeks ago.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, it,
3: yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw any of the videos, but their student section was getting ready to storm the court, and Julian decided to put a dagger in their hearts and send them all home, a bunch of losers. I mean, nothing grills <laughs> me more than beating BYU. And when we beat them on Saturday, that was even more amazing. But there's something about going into the Marriott Center that holds, like, 18,000 people and sending every single one of them home sad. To me, that was my favorite win of the year. But I have to agree with Bobby. The Alabama one was the most complete win of the year.
0: Gabby, do you have another one to ask?
1: Um, I feel like we kind of already went over it, like – um. What do you think the Zags need to accomplish throughout the remainder of the season to have a successful run in March? Or um... yeah, I think,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when we can talk about that. Yeah, I know Max had talked about the defense and just the defense needs to be there, and then the guard play. So I, I and I do think that's 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 what it will come down to. Like again, we we know what we're going to get from Timmy. I think we know what we're going to get from Watson. I think the, the 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 variables are are the guards and whether they show up. Now I want I want to stay in basketball. And I wanna move on to talk about our women's team because o- over the last few years, they've been getting better and better. And I feel like now they're sort of starting to get the recognition they 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 rightfully deserve. Uh, they currently sit at number 20 in the country with a record of 23 and three, despite being without key players, Brees, such as Bree Allenbine for the entire season and Kaylee Chung and Maad Hybens for most of the season. They own big wins against uh, top ranked Louisville and Tennessee both at the Battle of Atlantis tournament. Uh, they're led by Levant Yvonne Ejim, who's averaging 16.7 points and eight rebounds a game, and Kaylin Chong, who's stepped in for his sister in that starting point guard spot and is averaging five assists a game. They're currently in the driver's seat to be the number one seed in the WCC tournament, uh, barring any setbacks, knock on wood, and they should be on their way to another WCC championship. So, guys, I guess my question for you is, they made it to the second round last year, and they had a 27-7 record. This team, at least they're on pace to be a lot better than the team of last year. So how far do you see the women's team going in the tournament, guys?
3: I mean, I can take the first stab at it. I got to agree with Gabby on the men's side. A lot of it does depend on matchups. I don't follow women's college basketball as close as I do to men's. But again, it's can you get hot at the right time? I think what will be a big determining factor is what do they do in the WCC tournament? You know, winning winning the regular season championship is great. Uh, obviously, winning the tur- your tournament gives you an automatic bid, which can help your seed line. Um, obviously, the game you want to stay out is the eight nine trap game. Those are always the worst games to play in because once you get over that, because you're playing the two teams are probably the closest teams in the field to being good to each other. But you win that one, you have a date with the number one seed in your bracket. So. Let's say they did get an 8 seed or a 9 seed and they win that game. They have, they have to go face the number 1 seed. I could see it being very disastrous and getting bounced around a 32. But I can see them going into a 5 seed and going all the way to the Sweet 16 Elite 8 just because of the, the talent that this team has. The guard play, the bigs, even your power forwards. Everyone's kind of moving the ball, distributing hitting threes. You know, they run the court well. Um, I think that the ceiling for this team could be Elite 8, maybe in Final Four. But again, the floor is also
2: balance in the round of 64-32. Yeah, I got to go Elite 8. I think their momentum is going to carry them through. Like, they have, like, almost a new player kind of leading them every night. Like, I think, you know, if they just keep the momentum, keep playing as a team, just – it shows, like, a lot of their team effort. Like, it's not any one individual, like, taking all the minutes, taking all the points. So I think, like, if they just keep doing what they're doing, like, they'll they'll get carried just by their own effort. I think Elite
0: Eight. Gabby, what about
1: you? I agree with both of you guys. Um, It depends on matchups. It's just really happy to see them doing well this season and really awesome to see that they're number one in the West Coast Conference. So I also don't pay as much attention to the women's basketball team as much as I should, but I wish them the best and hopefully Elite Eight.
0: Now, Diana, I was interesting what you said about sort of a different player leading them every night because I've noticed that too, is especially with the absence of once once Kaylee Tronk went down with her foot injury, you saw Yvonne Ejim step up and start getting 20 and 10 games, which is just absurd. You see, Kay, like I said, Kaylin Tronk stepping in, filling that in that starter role for her sister and playing it tremendously. And then I think also the most underrated transfer pickup of the year was Brenda Maxwell. Leads, leads the NCAA in three-point percentage. She's an absolute bucket. She has brought a lot more offensive versatility, I think, to the team and has presented them with a lot more options, a lot more things they can do. So I think it's going to be exciting seeing them compete. And I, th- I agree with you guys. I think they could get to the Elite Eight last time – or for the first time, I mean, since, obviously, the Courtney VanderSloot days, And she just had her jersey retired with us. And congratulations to Courtney now i want to shift gears and max i'll let you take the lead on this but i know i know our soccer teams competed this this last semester and the, specifically the men's soccer team didn't have as great of a year as they wanted but max tell us more
3: yeah so i mean from the base of it you're right bobby men's soccer did not perform as well as you would have hoped um it happens there's down years they went four and eleven and three right oh four and three in conference i mean zero wins four losses three draws um they managed to be three four and one at home which is okay but i think honestly you need to be better at home i feel like you need to show out better at home um and one seven and two away is abysmal i mean there's no way to sugarcoat it um in conference didn't win a single game and two of their ties were to usf and santa clara which i mean it's. A tie is fine. That's the way it is in soccer. But you would have hoped for a win. You know, you would have hoped to pick up a win. Um, just kind of a weird statistical anomaly. I mean, obviously, if you go you go four eleven and three, it's probably not that weird. But the team only had eighteen goals for and had thirty goals against. Um, I mean, call me Captain Obvious, but that's not really a recipe for success.
0: That is not a winning recipe. No,
3: it's hard. When you- I mean, you only score eighteen goals over what? 18 games, a goal a game isn't going to win it for you. It's not going to get you into the NCAA tournament. It's not going to get you far in the NCAA tournament. You'd have to be having stifling defense and let um, holding opponents to, like, half a goal a game, which is almost impossible in college soccer. So, I mean, I mean, there are some bright spots. Uh, Demetrius, how do you say his last name? Tygaea. Tygaea.
0: For former Zags on your guess, by the way.
3: Yeah. I mean... He had three goals and seven assists, leading the team in points. Uh, He's a senior, so that's gonna be a hole you gotta fill next year. Um, I mean, he was like the best player on the team. When I looked at his point totals, I was like, wow. No one was even close to him. Um, And I think, as you see in sports like basketball, you need a balanced attack, right? You can't have one guy having all the points, whether it's goals or assists. You need two, three, maybe even four players kind of spreading the wealth. That way you have a balanced attack. Um, I think the dependency on one player alone, and let's be honest, no one's going to be the next Messi. No one's going to be the next Ronaldo. You can't depend on one player to single-handedly carry your team. It's not really the way soccer works. Granted, Ronaldo and Messi are outliers of that. But I feel like the team needs to find a better balance of scoring and assists and they need to really pump up those numbers next year in terms of goals and goals goals for and goals against. Again, it's easy for us to sit here and talk about it, but I think there needs to be an improvement made on the defensive end. You can't allow thirty goals, and then an on the offensive end, you can't only score eighteen goals in eighteen games. It's not going to win you games. Uh, so that kind of goes with my question for you guys. Again, we're not really soccer buffs here, but what do you think? is something that men's soccer needs to go out and do to better themselves last year, to not end up four eleven and three and winless in conference. Like, what do you guys think is something that like is gonna change it? Is it a new coach? Is it a new goalkeeper? Like I don't know what it is, but I guess that's my question, it's very open ended. But just kinda what do you guys think?
0: I think it's more team chemistry based than I think talent based because I feel like a team that's more together is going to get farther than a team just full of talented players who don't really know how to play together. So it starts with getting a team close, getting them familiar with each other, sort of getting that team chemistry up, and then eventually it'll translate out onto the field. Obviously, you need talented players, so they gotta you've know, got to step up their recruiting, try and go after players that are maybe a little bit higher than they would think, but hey, you got to shoot for the stars, right? So I think it starts with that. I think coaches got to figure out maybe a better game plan for some of the teams that they're going to face. But I think it just it's just little baby steps, right? You gotta go, gotta build that team up little by little and build that culture up little by little. And I think they'll get there. I think they got a better future ahead of them. They got some great players coming in. They got some great players returning, so I'm excited to see how they how they suit up next season. Yeah.
2: And, like, I guess along with ke- building up, pe- like, chemistry, like, are you, do they need to build up, like, stamina? Like, are they kind of tapering off at the end of the season? Like, are they getting tired? And, like, if you can't work together, then, like, you're putting all this energy for nothing. So, I think chemistry needs to happen, especially, like, if you're losing good seniors. Like, you got to – someone needs to step up this, like, next season for sure for them.
1: I would just say better recruitment. Um and possibly finding a way to fix up and tighten up their defense. Because if you're saying they allowed 30 goals, that's a lot. So I don't like to single people out, but maybe better defense <laughs> and goalkeeper.
3: No, I, I agree with all you guys. And to your point, do they get fatigued at the end? They didn't win a game for the last eight games of the season. They went. Yeah. I'd like that can't to happen. Be drawn.
2: So unacceptable.
3: Fatigue? Maybe. But you also can't end the season not winning a game for eight games. I get it, there's you you can have three draws and that's fine. But you gotta throw a win in there somewhere. So to your fatiguing point. I mean you only won four games. I don't know how you fit it's it's not like they were had and then just fatigued hard. It was like just a constant slog trying to get to wins. Uh, that little tidbit.
0: I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting, and again, again, we're all excited to see how the team fares next season. Now, Gabby, for women's soccer, they they had a better season than the men's, but unfortunately, they just missed out on the NCAA tournament. Tell us a little bit more about how their season went.
1: Yeah, so the women's soccer team was kind of opposite of the men's. Um, they started off kind of slow, but towards the end of the season, they went undefeated for their last seven matches, so that's good for them. Um, they finished out the season with a 10-3-5 record, and this was the best season um, in West Coast Conference history for them. Um, they also had no bad losses this season. All of their losses were to higher-ranked teams, which were Pitt, who was ranked 19, um, Texas, ranked 16, and BYU, ranked 15. And also looking into the future, Gonzaga announced that they have 10 editions Ten
3: new additions
0: for the next season roster. So, so where do you see the team going into next season? I, I know they're, they're losing at least six or seven seniors, but you said they're getting ten new players. So, how how, how do you see how do you see the team next year? Referring to this team this year.
1: Well, one of the players that they lost was Liza Boswellman, and she was just recruited to or drafted to Washington Spirit professional soccer team. So they're losing one of their key players. She's their goalkeeper. So that's a pretty big role on their team. But um, I'm not sure if the 10 new additions are either just new freshman or new transfers. So I think it depends on that, too, because it would depend if they're, like, a really young team. Um, but I think with all these additions, I think they're just going to grow from here. But, again, losing their goalkeeper is big.
0: That that is big, and I played goalkeeper until I was like sixth, seventh grade. I was pretty good, not not great, but obviously a goal. I think goalkeepers one like the most important obviously position on the field. And losing someone as good as Liza is definitely going to be a huge hit for the women's soccer team. But I think they will bounce back. They've been trending upwards the last few years, and I think next year will be no different. Max, would you agree? For
3: sure. You know, I was just looking at it right now, and uh, what it shows is it's 10 freshmen coming in. It was a signing class of 10 people, um, so as far I haven't seen anything about transfers yet, so it's going to be a young team next year. Um, which can be good, which can be bad. We'll have to kind of wait and see. But 10 newcomers to a team, it's a lot. I mean, you're replacing a lot of talent, you're replacing a lot of depth, you're replacing a lot of age. I mean, what do they say in college sports? Age beats everything, right? But would you rather have a 25-year-old guy who's played a bunch of years, or would you have to have an 18-year-old kid who just stepped off a high school Oh, yeah. it'll be an interesting. It'll be interesting. To the pain. I think they have the potential to be in the tournament. I think there's still some to understand that can still help them, but. 10- I yeah, I think growing pains are
2: going to happen. And then also, I don't know, I just saw them post the other week that, like, someone just beat, like, the program's beep test record. So I don't know. Like, they're seeming pretty fast, at least. And, like, their practices are looking good. So at least they have, like, stuff to look forward to.
0: I agree. Now, I want to turn our attention to to, to putting green a little bit and talk about our golf teams. Now, Tiana, I know, you, I know you did some research into the men's golf team. Why don't you tell us how their season went?
2: Yeah, so their golf team, they kicked off their season in September in Colorado, and we saw Zach Stoker take the lead for their team, basically, um, for the whole season almost. He placed 26 at that first tournament, Um and then also Ethan Flynn tied for 36. Um, that was his first ever collegiate event, which out of 15 teams, it was like a pretty nice accomplishment there. And then Zach also followed up um, Kenna. He had progression. He moved his way up to 20th, and then eventually he tied for 6th at his next two invitationals. Um, and same with the whole team, really. They were able to move up the season, placing 13th, 10th, and then they got down to 9th until their last invite. They went to Lahaina in Hawaii, where they came in 17th to finish off their fall schedule. Um, and in Hawaii, though, Guillermo Bodart, he came in and kind of led that last invite, even though he's a freshman, um, he carted two under in his final round. Um, I mean, even though it was 17th place, they still had a good ending. Um, they scored their third lowest round in program history since 2018. So that was kind of a good accomplishment for them to hit. And, um, they just kicked off their spring schedule this past weekend. Um, so hopefully they're kind of continuing on off of that high. um, and basically, like, I don't know, I saw them sign um, another another player back in November. Um, basically, his name is Bruce Chang. He kind of played in an amateur and professional events. Um, so kind of something I was looking at was kind of adding this new, like, signed player. Like, I don't know, it seems like their chemistry chemistry has been working for them. So it's kind of like... I don't know. My question was kind of like, how does this, you know, it's kind of hard when you ride right a wave, have a new player come in. It's like, how do you manage kind of to keep that momentum going? Was my question for this team, basically.
0: Yeah, do you want to take that? Um,
1: hmm. I think it's just all about chemistry. Um, he can either add to the team or do the opposite. So. I think as long as he just works with the system
0: that they have in place, they'll be fine. Now, I, I think for golf, it's it's a little different because while yeah. you are part of a team, when the, when the time comes, you are playing individually. And so that's why, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think a new addition is really going to alter the team chemistry as much because at the end of the day, you're just focusing on you and trying to get your, the best score for you possible. So that's just my thoughts. Max, what about you?
3: Yeah, like I agree with you, Bobby. Like, bringing in a new person is not going to change an entire team. I don't think it's not the way golf works when you do it in a team setting. Um, I hope whoever they're adding is going to help their scores. Um, again, golf is a lot like other team sports where one person cannot carry the entire team. Um, so it needs to be a collective within the team. Um, it's just focusing every day on getting better, right? You need to focus on yourself and focus on, you know, your short game, your long game, you know, getting out of the sand traps, whatever it is. Um, and that's what's going to help better the team is each person working on themselves the most. And, yeah, like, like you said, there isn't that much team chemistry to go. I mean, right? you, you get on the course and you go. Um, but I really do hope that the new signings that they're bringing on to the team next year hopefully come in ready to go. I think that's the biggest thing is just being ready to get out there, get on the links, and just play your best because that's all you really can do in golf. It's you against you. And I really hope that the people they bring in are ready to go to war against themselves to get the best score that they can. And then overall, that will help the team.
0: I, 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 wish, I wish golf were sort of more accessible for fans to come watch because i I, I love to go see our golf team. It's just tough to navigate where they're playing, but it definitely will be an exciting a new season with all those transfers coming in. Um, moving on to women's golf, though. The women's golf team had a great season. Uh, they, had a, they finished top 10 in every single invitational that they competed in this season. Also, progressively getting better as each invitational went on, finally culminating with their first-place finish at the Pat Lester-Harbottle Invitational uh, this early, back in October in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, the team was led by junior Mary Scott Wolfe and senior Alyssa Wynn. And the teams, all again, teams has been very good in, for most years. They're always competitive. They're always, I, I think they've won a WCC championship in the last few years. But I guess what, one thing that's always sort of stood out to me about golf that I've never really got, gotten is the game is such it's so slow-paced and you're moving at such a slow speed and you're really just, like, in your own mind. So I'm curious what your guys' thoughts would be on how you think golfers motivate themselves to compete in, like, such important events and how they get in that right mindset.
2: I know it's like a yeah it is a slow game for sure and I think preparation plays a lot into it like knowing that you prepared for this well like if you had depending on your week beforehand like if you had a good prep week like you know there's not much like nerves there like you don't mind the slow pace because like you can get in your head like you know if it's taking a while but I think if you you know did the right things like had a good week beforehand like you just kind of have to stay calm in a sense.
3: Yeah, I got to agree with Tiana. It's just, it's a. I think golf is probably one of the most mental games you can play next to baseball, right? Baseball and golf both have a lot of physical aspects, but there's a lot more to the game than I think the average viewer realizes. Um, I agree with T. Like, you got to keep yourself in the zone at all times, and you just got to go out there and play the best that you can, right? Like, you're not going to have a great game every time out. But if you're in your mindset, you think you can have the greatest game you ever played, I think that goes a long way towards, like, being successful in that game.
1: Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I think those are both good answers.
0: Those are good points. Now, I want to move back to the court, and Max, I want to talk about the volleyball team, because they had a new coach coming in, they had some new players, and it seemed like they would be on a higher trajectory from pre- from last season, but why don't you tell us how their season went, or finished? <laughs> I can tell
3: you how it went. It went 6-23. and 23 which, I'm not a math major, but that's a pretty low percentage. Um, Two and 16 in conference. I mean, it's a step up from what we talk about with men's soccer not winning a single game, but two and 16 isn't great. Um, They went four and 10 at home, one 11 away, and one and two at neutral sites. In conference, they beat Pepperdine in Portland. That was it. Um, Yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's a new coach and everyone's trying to get justice. Is this the growing pain year? Is this the year where all right, we take a step back. We take one step back, and next year we're going to take two steps forward, and we're going to go, shoot, 14, and I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what a good record would be for them <laughs> next year after installing a new coach and adding new players this year. I mean, 29 games. you got to win 16 of those. I think you need to be able to 500 next year to make, to make it – You know what? I'll take that back. I think you need to be within – two to three games of 500 next year to consider it elite. I mean, as long as they don't take a step back, it's it'd be really hard to be worse than 6-23. But I think they definitely need to take the steps forward next year to be closer to 500, or hopefully above 500. Uh, now, like you said, Bobby, bringing a new coach, which brings a new system and new players. Big turnover. Um, I really am very hopeful for next year. I think there will be a lot of seniors on the team that will play and hopefully bring the experience that this team needs. Um, it's just about making progress, right, year over year. And hopefully in the coach's second year, things will be better.
0: I agree with all those points you said. The one thing I want to say, I guess, in favor of the team maybe, is that they weren't hindered by injuries. I know um, they, had, they had Jody who was, Smith who was out for the year with an injury. Alyssa Hughes had some shoulder problems that kept her out for some games. I think Kennedy Croft wasn't here for a few games. So injuries did hinder the team a bit. Also, their new coach, Katie Nelson, it was her first year. And in a coach's first year, I guess, in college, they don't have a say over the new recruits that come in or the team. And so Katie was really working with with what was already left here. And she hasn't really had a chance to leave her imprint on this team and bring in the types of players that she wants. So that's why I am very excited for next year. To see what the team will finally look like once Coach Nelson has her players and has the team the way that she wants it, and I think it'll be—I think I think they will do better next year. I mean, there's not much worse they can be, but I think they will—they uh, they will finish better next year. Is my projection.
3: I agree with you, Bobby. And like we talked about with the other sports, you know, it takes time to gel. One season isn't always enough for a team to gel, and honestly, that's why I was saying. Somewhere around 500, maybe even above 500, I feel like could be the ceiling for this team next year. Um, you know, hopefully the group's got another year under the belt, coach has another year under her belt, and the team can just make the strides forward. But hey, we'll see. That's the beauty of sports. You never actually know what's going to happen. So.
0: Now, Tiana, shifting gears to the track, I want to talk to you about the women's cross country team because I know they had a very competitive season, but uh, why don't you tell us more about how their season went?
2: Yeah, they had a great season. Um, They also started in September. They had a really impressive second place placing um, five of our runners placed in the top 10. Um, That included a third place from junior McKenna Edwards, uh, not too far behind her. We had freshman Anna Grabowski and Anna Lanigan. So we had some good freshmen following up in the top 10, which was really good to see. and also, shortly after that, we had the Gonzaga Duels, and we saw Kristen Garcia. She was awarded the WCC Runner of the Week um, after, she, after she broke our program's 4K record in her first race of the season. Um, she clocked in at 12 minutes and 50, 50.7 seconds for that one. So that was really good to see from her. She's a senior, so it's good to see her still kind of improving. Um and then another recognition that was earned by this team, the girls reached their highest ever U.S. track and field and cross-country coaches association coaches poll. It was a long one. Um, at 21. So basically, we had reached the top 25 before. However, this was our lowest um, that we've gotten at 21, so that was really good to see. And then at our championships this year for the WCC um, it was in Portland, and we saw, again, Kristen Garcia and also Rosina Machu. They led um, our top ten finishes again, and for them, that's happened now two years in a row, so we're on a good streak. And Kristen finished at sixth. That that was her highest ever at those championships, and she again went on to lead um, at the NCAA West Regionals, and the Bulldogs play seventh out of 38, so that was also good to see. Um, And again, that duo, uh, for the first time in eight years, they both placed top 25 at regionals and they were able to receive All-West honors. So um, a lot of recognition for this team and kind of something I was kind of looking at was we had some really strong leaders and we had some freshmen coming up as well. But all those like duos that we were seeing, they were kind of seniors and juniors. So it was kind of tough to see those go um, with cross country like. Chemistry is huge. You want to have a good pace, a good leader. So I was just kind of seeing if, I don't know, if those freshmen are able to kind of step up and take that pace because it seems like they are finishing in the top, but um, they're not kind of setting those same records as our seniors. So I was just kind of seeing how that future kind of looks for them without that leader there.
0: I think it would be interesting. but I feel like track is one of the main sports really where, it just comes with age and experience. You know, your muscles develop more. You have to become more familiar running, running your races. So I think it'll take some time for the freshmen to sort of get into their groove and sort of get up there with the juniors and the seniors and be able to keep pace with them. Not saying it can't be done. I think we have some very talented runners on our team, and I think they're more than capable of getting to that level. But I think it's just going to be a time and a waiting game. And then once they get there eventually, I think we'll be – a force to be reckoned with, but it, it, it's a way game. They'll muscles will develop more. They'll get more familiar with the races, and I think I think the future is very bright. Max, Gabby, what do you guys think? <laughs> Not much more to talk about. <laughs> I mean,
3: it's again a lot of those things like golf where it's kind of a team sport but it's mostly individual and so wait, wait. it's very hard to pinpoint one thing that will help out the program right like i don't know if one runner is going to change the entirety of the program but i don't know that it won't either you know um so i have very little opinion on this one unfortunately
0: well, well max why don't you go ahead then and tell us about the men's cross country team and how their season went
3: yeah men's cross country actually uh performed very well um
0: i sorry. They
3: placed first in three different um, races: the Clash of the Inland Northwest, uh, Idaho and East Wa- Eastern Washington dual dual meet, uh, first in the Sasquatch Open. Yeah, it was the Sasquatch Open. I, I miss mis- uh, that. And then they placed second in the West Regional Champions uh, Championships, which then qualified them for the NCAA Championships, where they ended up placing 13th, which. Out of all the schools in the nation, I think that's pretty dang good. Uh, Second in the West Regional Championship is phenomenal, by the way. Um, So they put together a very good year. I mean, I don't think I saw a placing lower than 10th, maybe 13th. Uh, Again, it's a team sport with a lot of individuals. It's very hard to pinpoint. And in my research, I didn't really pick one specific runner to look at. I kind of want to see the team overall, and overall, the team, to me, seemed to perform very well this year. Um, I mean, first in three I different fights, second in the West Regional Championships for the NCAA, and then 13th in the NCAA Championships with the entirety of the country who qualified. It's pretty insane to me. I think they did really well. Obviously, I don't know what the expectations were for the men's cross-country team, but I feel like this definitely, they hit they hit their ceiling, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, I agree. And when we when we had James uh, James War on the show uh, last year, he he was talking to us about this and sort of just the competition and how how crazy it is because he was telling us all these levels and all these invitationals and races he has to compete in, and it's crazy. But I think having guys like him with that experience on the team is going to be a big thing for him, and hopefully James can mentor the younger the freshmen like Tiana was mentioning and get them to that level where where they need to be for for a. for the team to be successful, and I think you will. James is one of the most talented runners I've ever seen. So I have, I have no shortage of faith that he'll he'll do what he needs to do to, to mentor those young guys. Um, I wanna talk about the women, the men's tennis team for a little bit because the men's tennis team did, did really, really well this season. Uh, they finished four and two collectively as a team during their fall season, but more importantly, in their individual matches, they finished with a great record of 72 and 31, which is just amazing. Uh, they were led by Junior Sasha Trujillo, former on former Air Guest, by the way. Uh, he he was, their te- he was the team's number one player. Throughout all the matchups, he'd always be be pitted up against the other team's best player. And so Sasha did a great job of just carrying the team and, and doing the best that he could to lead the team to victory. Also, uh, contributing to the team was sophomore artist sophomore Basetier, who had a 12-0 perfect undefeated record in singles play and graduate student Tom Hahn, who had a 13-3 record in singles competition. Uh, In the doubles uh, competition, Tom Hahn and Leon Reuter finished 6-0 during the season of the doubles team, so they were perfect. So Tom Hahn just really bringing in that veteran presence and helping out uh, the team there. But my thing is I've been to a few tennis meets, and they're really entertaining to watch, but there's no one there. And obviously, you know, tennis – it is a popular sport, but it doesn't compare to the likes of a baseball or a football or a basketball. So I'm curious what you guys think maybe just tennis could do to try and attract or gain more of an audience.
1: I think just, like, promoting on social media or even just having, like, fun events at games, like the women's basketball team just had a pink out game, which draws a lot of attention, maybe even, like, yeah, just, like, events, fundraisers, and promoting themselves on different social media outlets. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I agree. And I mean, I don't know if uh, – because I saw for women's tennis, their last invitational for the championships was even at Gonzaga. I don't know if that was the same for men's. But, um, I mean – I didn't, like, I personally didn't even know that we were kind of hosting that championship. So I think promoting it and kind of telling people where these kind of matches are, um, because I know they travel quite a lot. So it's important to kind of get the word out when we're kind of playing at home, I think.
0: I agree. And and I feel like that falls on the school as well. Just keep promoting it, keep, you know, like you said, like social media accounts, have the Kennel Club uh, promote it and certain post stuff about it. Because cause I was at that women's game, the peak out that you mentioned, and it was an amazing atmosphere. Student section was full. I think they sold out the tickets. So they did a great job of marketing that, but now just do it for the other sports, and then we don't get as much um, as much attention. Now, Jenny, you're mentioning the women's tennis team. Why don't you tell us how their season went?
2: Um, yeah. So, I mean, a little little insert i know we had sophie whittle on as a guest um it was kind of interesting we saw her get honored um this september um she had a banner revealed at steven center so it's kind of cool that she gets her accomplishments kind of up there forever but um with the team they started off strong with both of our doubles and singles competition seeing victories over portland and even clinching number one spots um we saw that by maria Fram- frampton and caroline Warnley, Orton- so that was good to see And coming even into the middle of their season, uh, they welcomed Caitlin Williams as an assistant coach, and she used to even play doubles with uh, the head coach, Natalie Hamburg, back at University of Tennessee. So that was um, a nice addition for some more chemistry, even with it, like, among staff as well, just to know that everyone's getting along there. Um, And then later at the ITA regionals, women's tennis, they continued to dominate, especially as Kate uh, Broerman and Adriana Sussman, Sosnowska. um they won by a score of eight to one in their doubles match um but however they fell short the next day um and and lost that next one but they at least made it to the round 16 for their second year in a row um and then they finish up their fall season um at that gonzaga invitational that we talked about um, they re- uh, they won two championship matches there, so that was um, kind of impressive for their team. That first one was by Kiana Oda and Caroline Wernley as they went undefeated and, and won their last match 6-3. to three. Um, Kiana also went on to claim her first ever singles championship title. Uh, she won in just two straight sets, so that was um, a really dominant performance there. Um, and the team finished a great season, 61-50 record, held their own at a 16-6 record at that last championship tournament. Um, kind of looking ahead in November, they also signed three new players, um, so kind of improving off of that 61-50 record. It's They had a great dominant season you know, within their individual matches, but we kind of see that record about 50-50. Um, so we're kind of hoping to see those new players um, kind of give them a better record um I was kind of thinking of like setbacks as it didn't seem like they endured much injury kind of thinking like you know they're riding this wave they're not really expecting any downfall so I was just kind of thinking about what kind of mindset they might be in just to expect the unexpected almost because you know they're kind of riding a good wave right now and anything can happen injury wise or just you know a hard matchup or I don't know. So that was kind of my thing was mindset, just kind of making sure, like, they're prepared for anything almost.
0: I think you said to keep that positive mindset, right? You know, you can't really think too much into the future or, or what's going to happen in terms of injuries or, or matchups. You just got to take it one day at a time, one matchup at a time. And that's what those teams are doing a great job of, right? They're on a roll. They have a lot of momentum. And I think if they, they you know, keep, keep doing what they're doing, don't really switch, any, don't switch up anything, but always, obviously, look to try to improve. I think they just keep doing what they're doing, keep their head forward, and just keep pushing. I think they'll keep the momentum going, and I think they'll have a great uh, great season. Definitely. Max, Gabby, any thoughts? None for you guys? Well, okay, so so before we end, I want to do th- something uh, a, l- a little different. Uh, we've obviously covered a lot of these sports, and we've done a, re- a lot of research into these sports. But I'm sure we've noticed that there are some athletes that stand above the rest in terms of their performance and their uh, con- contribution to their team. So what I want to do is I want each of us to nominate an athlete of the semester, and we're going to post the we're going to post the, the poll on our social media platforms, and then we'll give you guys the winner uh, on our next episode. But Max, we'll start with you. Who is your athlete of the semester?
3: I have to go with Demetrius from men's soccer. I mean. For that team he was their absolute MVP you know Um, I also think out of the three sports that I talked about that one's the easiest to pinpoint a singular MVP for a team right Um, but I think if it had to be one it has to be Demetrius he just kind of carried that team and four wins could probably be almost all attributed to him whether it was goals or assists so
0: I gotta go with Demetrius Gabby what about you Who was your athlete of the semester?
1: My athlete um, is Drew Timmy, just because now he's the second on the all-time Gonzaga scoring list. Um, He was also among 10 candidates in contention for the Karl Malone Award. And he was recently named to the Naismith Player of the Year mid-season list. So I think it would be nice to give him his flowers.
0: Tiana, who was your athlete of the semester?
2: Um, it's got to be Kristen Garcia from cross country. I mean, her leadership, especially as a senior going out with a strong year, hitting two PRs, um, kind of, I know she had the program record, um, at her 6K that she set, um, just setting a good pace and a good example, kind of going out for the season. She really like dominated, I think had great leadership for sure.
0: All right. And so for my athlete of the semester, I'm going to go with Yvonne Ejim. From the women's basketball team, she's been easily the team's best player all season. Even when Kaylee Truong went down with her foot injury, Yvonne kept kept putting up amazing numbers and kept leading the team. And again, they have a 23 and three record, playing some of their best basketball. They're on pace to win another WCC championship. So I want to give Yvonne her flowers. And again, Yvonne, former Zags on air guest, I think we have, you're sensitive a pattern here. We bring on we bring guests on and they end up being doing really well for the team. Maybe it's a Zags on air blessing. Who knows? We'll call it that. But anyways, I want to thank you guys for joining me today. And what an amazing semester for Gonzaga Sports. I cannot wait to see what this semester has in store. I know we got baseball coming up in about a week. Some of some of the sports we talked about will be back in action for the spring season as well. And we got basketball finishing up in March. But until then, we will see you guys next time. For uh, I am Bobby Levitan with Max Montoya, Gabby Mira, and Tiana Vorath. And we will see you guys next time.